0: Hi there, I'm Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 77. And today I want to stop and reassess what I'm doing with my podcast, my blog and my videos. Is what I'm doing helpful to anybody else? I hope you will listen today because I would like some feedback if you have time to stop by my blog or Facebook page, leave me a comment, even send me an email. Because yes, I do want to do things which are helpful to other people. Now, a few years ago when I first started blogging, I tried to produce content that would make me popular. I wanted more followers. Yes, I had dreams of being a big blogger. Well, a few years down the track, I now realize that that's not important at all. What is important is connecting with other people, sharing experiences, making friendships, promoting unschooling, that type of thing. And that's really what I want to do with my blog and my podcast and my videos. But am I doing that in an effective way? What are people coming to my blog to read about? What do people want to listen to on one of my podcasts? What do people like to watch when I make a video? Every now and then somebody does stop by and does give me a bit of feedback. But I'd like you to. What can I talk about that would interest you? What would you like to hear when you tune in each week? I'd really love to hear from you. Now I can get some clues about What people come to my blog to read from looking at my 10 most popular posts. They've been the same 10 for quite a long time now. The most popular post of all on my blog is the one called Getting Kids to Help with the Chores. I've mentioned a few times how chores seems to be the magic word. Mention the word chores and people come flocking to find out the answer. How do we get kids to help us around the house? Obviously, it's a problem a lot of parents have. I really don't know if people like my answer. It seems rather simple, and I have had people say to me, that won't work. And why I think they say that is because really deep down they know it's going to be difficult. Being a good example for our children is difficult. It's time-consuming. It involves a lot of hard work on our part. Maybe people think that doing a reward system, gold stars, if you do your chores, maybe give children pocket money if they do them. Maybe they think that would work better. Well, I've tried all that years ago, and it doesn't really work better. I think that we're all called to change our own behavior. We all have to do what we would like our children to do. That's what it comes down to in the end. But there's another post in my top ten about chores as well, and that one is called Chores and Kids, What Have We Said Yes? This is actually a video on my YouTube channel with a little bit of a post around it. It illustrates the same principles I talk about in the first post, I've just put it into an attractive animation. I've also spoken about chores in my podcasts, I sometimes wonder if I should gather all the bits and pieces about yours and put them together. Would that be helpful for people? Maybe rewrite it all, put it into some kind of document. Would it be helpful? I guess the answer to that depends on whether people like my ideas. Now another very popular post of mine is the one called A Perfect Method for Keeping Unschooling Records. I assume that there are a lot of people who are looking for information on the best way to present unschooling to educational authorities for registration purposes so that unschoolers can satisfy requirements so that they can legally be registered as homeschoolers. And of course, that perfect method is Evernote. According to me, of course, maybe somebody else has a different idea about the perfect method for unschooling, record keeping. We've been using Evernote for quite some time now, and I have had some feedback about the ideas that I've been sharing. I know that a lot of other people have decided to use Evernote as well after reading my posts. So I wonder, is that something that you would like to hear more about? Because I do have other Evernote tips. I keep thinking up new ideas ways that we can record our children's learning experiences in a formal type way that will satisfy homeschool requirements. I think it's just a pity that Evernote doesn't have an affiliate program. Just imagine if I had a link on my blog, I might actually earn a few dollars. I might actually pay for my podcast subscription maybe or something similar. I share quite a lot of resources in my podcast. And of course, I put all the links to those on my blog. I wonder if you listen so that you hear about new things that I've discovered. New videos, books, websites, that type of thing. Because there are two resource type posts in my top 10. Perhaps you are looking for resources to strew in front of your children. Now those two posts are called, What to do when strewing is rejected? And, What happened when I strewed a painting on the wall? or when I put a painting on the wall, it was really quite exciting. It generated quite a lot of interesting conversations. And what happened when my strewing was rejected? Well, it was disappointing to me, but I've learnt to become a bit more detached about my strewing. There's always something else that we can put in front of our children if they don't like the things that we have found for them. There can be frustrating when we have spent a lot of time looking for things and they won't even give it a glance. But I always say to myself, well if I like what I have found, perhaps I should use it. And you never know, sometimes children look over our shoulders, they say such things as what are you watching mum? What are you reading? Can I have a look as well? And that's one way we can share the things that we have found. I also speak and write about parenting, quite without meaning to. Unschooling spilt over from just education into all areas of our lives. And it has affected the way that we live, the way that I parent. Gentle parenting, peaceful parenting, attachment parenting. I think these are words that could be applied to unschool parenting. Of course, some people call this radical unschooling. I'm not so sure I like the word radical just because it does turn people off. It does have a negative image on the internet. People who aren't very knowledgeable about unschooling think that radical unschooling is maybe unparenting. It's irresponsible. Radical unschooled children might not brush their teeth. They might not eat and drink healthy food. It's really up to the child. Well, that's not the way it is, really. That's a misconception. Which brings me on to my 10th most popular post. It's one about misconceptions. Unschooling children would not do difficult things. Of course they will, but a lot of people have the wrong idea. And so maybe a lot of people end up on my blog looking for the right information about unschooling. And this is one of the reasons I do talk and write and make videos about unschooling. I want to give people the right idea. Change that negative image that unschooling has for many people. Tell people what it is really about. And another one of my popular posts is how to get kids to do their schoolwork. That title is rather misleading. I wrote it that way hoping that I would attract the attention of people who are battling with schoolwork with their kids. I wanted to give them an alternate way of doing things, or at least show them the possibilities. So I guess a lot of people end up on my blog looking for that magic way to get their kids to do their schoolwork. And as with chores, what they read is probably not what they expected to read. And maybe they don't believe that it it will work. Because again, if we want our kids to learn, we have to give them a love of learning. We have to be a good example of learning ourselves. We have to go out there, be enthusiastic, curious people. We have to spark off their curiosity. We have to join in. Learning is something that everybody does. We do it for our entire lives. It's not something that just school-age children do. I've had my education. I did my years at school. Now it's your turn. You have to do it. And I don't care if you don't want to do it. It's what school children have to do. You need to do it if you want to grow up and get a good job. That type of thing. So I wonder how many people read that post and actually read more. Or do they go away and say, that's not going to work. I don't want to do things that way. Because, of course, if you decide to be a good example of learning, you might end up being an unschooler. And you might have heard that that takes a lot of trust. And perhaps you don't have enough trust. And this brings me to the final post in my popular post list. I haven't got all these in the right order, by the way. I'm just recalling them from memory. I haven't actually got a list of them in front of me. All I know is that the most popular one is the one about chores and the tenth one is the one about misconceptions and all the others are in between somewhere. But I think this one's fairly high up. So maybe if you can't trust and let go completely, perhaps you're reluctant to say that you are unschoolers because what if somebody comes along and says, you're not really an unschooler. For example, you still make your kids do maths every morning, even though you feel relaxed about everything else. And so you might hang back and not want to label yourself. I felt like that at one point. And the post that I wrote about this is called, Are You a Proper Unschooler? So I'm assuming there's a lot of people out there that feel the way I used to feel. I didn't want to be judged. I didn't want people to criticize what I was doing with my own family. In some ways, I just wanted to lurk quietly in the background, not tell people what we were doing. It was actually a big step when I started blogging about unschooling, after actually doing it with my children for a number of years, to actually come out and say, We are unschoolers. But not only that, but to give my blog the title, Stories of an Unschooling Family. What if somebody stopped by and said, hey, how can you call your blog that? I don't reckon you're unschoolers. There are a lot of people on the internet who are very rigid about the definition of unschooling. If you don't unschool in the way that they visualize it, they will say you have no right to claim that title. Why have a definition of unschooling if anybody can claim it? regardless of what they're actually doing, don't you have to fulfill certain requirements to call yourself an unschooler? Well, I do agree that the full benefits of unschooling are only seen if a parent does let go completely and trust their children. And all those sort of arguments, I can see why people say that. But I also know that it is hard to trust in the beginning. And it is, for some people, a letting-go process, little bit by little bit. Parents become more confident. They trust a little bit more. They move more and more along the line of unschooling. And if those parents are encouraged, they might get all the way to the end of that unschooling line. They may see the full benefits of unschooling. But if we criticize and say, hey, you're not an unschooler, I think, what would I do? I'd probably retreat. I'd probably think, no, I'm not an unschooler, and I can't do this. I won't even try. Now, not every family is going to unschool in the same way. So we can't really judge each other anyway. All our children's needs are very different. We're all very different as parents. I don't think it's helpful to criticize. I'd rather encourage. Maybe that's why. A lot of people like that post. I've spoken about this in podcasts before. I don't think there's such a thing as an expert unscholar. On we only ever get expert on our own family. But we can still share. We can still support. We can still encourage. And that's what I like to do on my blog and podcast is to be supportive. Now, I can support in another way. As I said earlier, I write about parenting, but I never mentioned the post in my top 10 that is very popular, a parenting one. It's called Memories of an Inexperienced Mother. It's really hard to admit our mistakes. I think all of us like to appear good in other people's eyes. I wanted people to think that I was a good mother for a long time. It did take a lot of courage to start sharing my mistakes. But I think it's one of the best things that I've ever done. All my readers, all my listeners, have been very, very kind. Nobody has ever stopped by my blog and said, what a horrible mother you were. How could you have done that to your children? you're probably wondering what I actually did to my children. I think if we're being honest, the things that I used to do to my children are things that most parents do we get frustrated, we shout, we expect things that our children aren't capable of, we get impatient, we get overtired, we try and fulfill other people's expectations, we stop listening and looking at our own children and their needs. To admit that I used to be a dragon mother was, as I said, difficult, but I think also it has been very helpful because it has started up a number of conversations People say, hey, I feel like that as well. I'm going through something similar. I'm so glad that you shared that with me because I don't feel so alone now. Parenting is not always easy. Sometimes we do need people to talk to. I guess there's a lot of people out there who are writing perfect blogs. They are recording perfect podcasts. But mine's not like that. You've probably noticed. Is that helpful? Perhaps people want more inspiring stories. Something to strive for. I want to be just like her, maybe. Perhaps I should write about things like that, rather than about my mistakes. I don't know. Anyway, that's some of the things that I think that people are looking for from my blog and from my podcasts. Perhaps if there is anything else that you come to my blog for, or listen to my podcast for, that I haven't mentioned, I would really love to know about it. Perhaps you could tell me. Now, one of the reasons I want to stop and reassess is because I want to rearrange my blog. I want to put in a start here page. Make things easier for people to find. And I'm thinking that these categories of parenting, resources, misconceptions... Beginning unschooling, maybe. Maybe I ought to arrange all my posts under those labels. Maybe put those titles on a Start Here page. So if people come to my blog looking for resources, they know where to go. If you're beginning unschooling, I could direct you in the right direction. Perhaps if you want to read more of my parenting stories, then being able to click on a link that takes you to them all, maybe that would be helpful. Of course, you may come to my blog not looking for any help whatsoever. Maybe you're just interested in connecting up with a like-minded family. I'm sure there are many unschooling families who are going along quite happily and don't need any help from me. But we all do need friendship, I think, to connect in to a community so that we can talk the same language. Yeah, we can still share ideas. But what's most important is just being friends. And I feel so very blessed by the many, many friends that I have made through unschooling. So I'd just like to thank all those people who have become my friends, who encourage me to keep writing, who just want to know me because of me. I really do value your friendship. I would just like to talk about my newsletter for a moment. I published my third edition of my newsletter last week, just a few days ago. And I had some good feedback about it. I think people like it. And I think the reason why is because of the involvement of other unschoolers. I sent out a plea for some help with the newsletter, and I got a good response. Kind friends sent me articles to include and links to various resources they answered questions and I put all of these into my newsletter, added a bit of my own and it made quite a big document. Actually there were so many links there that I think that my email provider had trouble actually processing the newsletter. It didn't actually come through to my email inbox in the same format as I sent it. I wonder if anybody else had any trouble with their newsletter. It looked really good online when I looked at it. But when it arrived in my email inbox, the formatting had changed a bit. All the words had moved to one side of the screen, leaving a gap on the other side. It was all perfectly readable. As my daughter Sophie said, don't worry, Mum. people can still read it. It doesn't look quite as nice as it does in the original but it's still very useful. People will still be able to scroll through it, follow links, read what you have written and what other people have written. But I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I wanted people to get the newsletter and to be able to see it as I put it together. Of course, if anybody did get a less than perfect newsletter, you can always read it in your browser. You can go to the original. See how I originally formatted it. Now, I'm putting together these newsletters once a month. And I hope each time to have articles from other unschoolers. This edition was mostly about science and typical unschooling days. There was a little bit about unschooling teenagers and a few other things. But the focus really was on science and typical unschooling days. So I'm hoping to have other typical unschooling days. People seem to like reading about other families' ways of doing things. I don't think this is so that we can point the finger and say, hey, that doesn't sound like a very unschooly day to me, because we're not going to do that. We're going to accept everybody. We're going to learn from each other. Just see things from each other's points of view. So if you do have some articles that you would like to include in edition four, if you would like to write about your unschooling day, please do. Of course, if you haven't already signed up for my newsletter, I'd like you to do that as well. Please come and join us. There's a lovely community of people. Actually, one of the ideas that has come out of the newsletter is starting a Facebook group for that community. My first thought was that there are millions of Facebook groups. There are hundreds of Facebook groups just for unschoolers. But I put the idea forward. It wasn't originally my idea. Somebody else suggested it. And I said, yes, I'll write about that in the newsletter and see what sort of response we get. And a few people have come back to me and said, yes, I would be interested in it. So, would you be interested in a Facebook group? It's for all unschoolers, not just proper ones. Now, most Facebook unschooling groups don't encourage people to share blog posts. They say they're not to be used to promote our own blogs. But I think differently about this one. I would encourage people to share their blog posts or their podcasts or their videos because I think that they are wonderful resources for everybody to benefit from. Also, if we promote each other's content, then we can spread the word about unschooling more effectively. So it could be a Facebook group where we could support and encourage each other as parents as unschoolers, but also we could support fellow bloggers, fellow podcasters, fellow vloggers. Share ideas about how to get the word about unschooling out there into the community so that we can reach more parents. Share the secret that we have discovered. Share the love and joy of unschooling. So what do you think? I wonder if you like any of those ideas. Now the final thing I'm going to talk about today is my Facebook page. As I've said before, I'm not looking to have a really popular Facebook page, which is just as well because I've had a look at a few unschooling Facebook pages and I could be very discouraged if I was out to be popular because some of these Facebook pages have thousands and thousands of likes and mine doesn't. And I could say, hey, what's the point? The other people are doing a far better job of sharing on Facebook than I am. Perhaps I should just quietly go away. But I'm assuming that the people who have liked my Facebook page have liked it for a reason. That they want me to put things on that page, that they're interested in my content. Facebook isn't, I don't think, interested in what I'm posting, because what I'm posting isn't going into many people's feeds. Which brings me to the question, what do people want to see on my Facebook page? If you have liked my page, I wonder what you hope to see there when you go and visit. Or perhaps you don't visit, perhaps you're just hoping that something will come through your feed. A Facebook likes videos and it likes photos and other images. Is that what you would like to see in your feed? Something visual, something to watch. Or are you interested in resources? Perhaps you'd like to read other unschooling articles that I find on the internet. And those type of posts are obviously link posts. And Facebook doesn't like link posts. It takes people away from the Facebook website. So those sort of posts aren't very popular. So unless you visit my Facebook page, you are unlikely to see those types of posts in your feed. Some of those posts are very discouraging. I might get about 12 people look at a link to a website or a link to a book that I have discovered. And I wonder, is it really worth posting? Of course, I've talked about this, I think, last time or maybe the podcast before. People can, of course, get notifications for all the posts that I put on my Facebook page. You have to change something in your settings. I think you can do that by coming to my Facebook page and adjusting the settings from the page. So that's just a few thoughts I've had about my page. I'm having a bit of fun with it. I want it to be visual. I want it to be helpful. I want it to be a fun place to come and visit. And maybe the posts might generate a bit of conversation. You're very welcome to stop by and say hello add a comment to any of my posts, I'd really enjoy that. But really, what it comes down to is that the page isn't there for me. I want to be a help to other people. So lots of ideas, lots of things that I'm thinking about, a lot of things that maybe you could comment on and give me some feedback if you do have a little bit of time to visit my blog or to come over to my Facebook page or even to send me an email. There's a contact button on my blog. Of course, you can always send me a message on Facebook. Now, one of the big reasons I'm reassessing right this week is because today is the last day of the official school term here in New South Wales, Australia. My husband, being a school teacher, finishes work this evening, and he'll be home for the next two weeks. He'll be on holiday. I don't think that the girls and I, our routine will change much over the next two weeks. Being the 1st of July today, as I'm recording this, the girls have all started new novels. Camp Nenorimo runs for the next month. So that includes all of my husband's holiday. So the girls will be sitting every day, writing and writing and writing. Charlotte is preparing for a piano exam, so she'll still have her music lessons over the holidays. We'll still be making videos. Yeah, but some things will stop for the next two weeks. And one of the big things is record keeping. I won't have to make any notes for two weeks. And I'm looking forward to that. So I've been thinking, what do I want to do while my husband's home? Well, I want to spend some time with him, of course. But I've also got some new ideas that I want to play around with. What I want to do is do some playing. Some of these new ideas are to do with unschooling. New ways to present unschooling to people. Maybe ways that will catch people's attention, that will help spread the word about unschooling. I'm hoping that these new ways will be helpful. I want to do that start here page. I would even like to start mapping out a book that I could write about unschooling. But to do that I need time. And so what I have decided to do over the next two weeks is have a break from podcasting. This will be the last episode for two weeks. I'm not going to have a break totally from unschooling. I'm just going to play around with some different ways of doing things. Then a few new techniques. As I said, experiment. Try things out, but not podcast. So I'll be back in two weeks with episode 78. If you haven't already listened to all the episodes in my archive, they are all available on iTunes. They are also available on Podbean and on my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family. There's a Podbean player on my homepage with all of them in it. If you scroll through, you can find maybe one that you would like to listen to. I really ought to categorize them all. So maybe it would be easier to find an episode that will meet your needs if you're looking for one, for example, to do with chores or parenting, that type of thing. Another thing that I would like to do eventually. So many things that I could be doing. I never seem to get many of these things done. But yes, they're all whizzing around my head. So if you're in Australia and if you are uh, having a holiday from record-keeping Maybe you're doing a few outings, having a break from your usual routine while the school holidays are on. I hope you have a wonderful holiday. I know that a lot of my American friends are also on holiday, having their summer break. Maybe my British friends are as well. So I shall finish this podcast. As I said, please stop by and give me some feedback if you have time. I would also like to ask you to share the links to my podcasts if you find them useful. If you enjoy my podcasts, please spread the word about them. Maybe more people will hear about unschooling. Of course, you can always go over to iTunes and write a review. That would be very helpful indeed. So I shall say goodbye and I will be returning in a couple of weeks' time after the school holidays. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode and until next time, trust, respect and love unconditionally.